Good morning and welcome to Monday morning and a nice week weather-wise. Boy, mild temperatures continue. We had a, a bit of a slice of that through the weekend, and it will continue through the week as well. Much of the central and south part of the province getting beautiful, above seasonable temperatures, which will be, I guess, from a weather perspective, good for the teachers if they decide to go out on another day of strike action. We will be finding out what they are doing next. Coming up at 1 o'clock today, they've called a news conference. Samantha Beacott, the president of the STF, will be speaking with the media at 1 o'clock to let everyone know regarding an announcement that they've got that speaks to job action. We've seen two full-day strikes about a week apart from one another in the province. And uh, then it's been quiet over the last week, wondering what's going on. Some people speculating, well, maybe they're they're back talking with the province. This news release that they sent out indicates to me that's likely not the case. Well, we've had the opportunity over the last few weeks to really dig into some of the challenges when it comes to education in the province, looking at it from every angle possible from the province, from teachers, retired teachers, speech-language pathologists, supplemental learning opportunities. We have literally talked to dozens of people, and you, because that phone line is always open for you at one 332 8255 for your perspective as well. Our next guest this morning is someone who can weigh in and offer another unique perspective on this, plus discuss whether or not we're facing a major mental health crisis, especially when we're talking about our children. Brett Williams earned a master's in educational psychology back in 2011 from the University of Saskatchewan. He worked as an elementary school counselor from 2011 to 2018 and then left the profession, at least left the schools, because of concerns around the state of public education in Saskatchewan. He joins me now to share his experience. Brett, thanks so much for taking our call. Certainly, I'm happy to do it. Thank you for having me. So you, you're working now as a child and youth counselor, so you're still doing the same work. You're just not doing it inside of the school system. Explain, before we get into our discussion, what was your role? What did day-to-day work look like for you when you worked in the schools? Sure, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a job that remains very near and dear to my heart. It, it has been my, my favorite job that I've had. Um, and and I attribute that just to the the very uh, personal, very kind of attuned opportunity uh, to to meet with kids uh, as students, uh, and, and also their their the school staff there, and then just have this collaborative approach uh, to to assisting kids through through education. In terms of the actual day to day, what like what that would look like, um, uh, the schools are dynamic environments, so so it was always quite varied. Uh, quite fast-paced, um, but what that did incorporate often were uh, individual counseling sessions with students, um, and so kind of right from that, that first morning bell after uh, the morning announcements, uh, then I would start looking through my, my client list uh, for the day and and um, uh, going down to their classes, inviting them in to, to come for, for, for a brief session. So there's a lot of talk right now, and and I think you know the the teachers have at the bargaining table elevated the discussion on classroom complexity. Can you weigh into that in terms of what what your definition definition of classroom complexity is based on what you saw? 
Yeah, certainly. Um, I'll, I'll kind of stay in my lane regarding uh, mental health and uh, emotional social functioning uh, and, and emotional regulation as well. Uh, and so the, the complexities there uh, essentially just reflect, um, you know, with very strong air quotes, normal or typical uh, child development. Um, as, as young people are kind of navigating this, this big world that is, is new to them, um, having these first encounters with some of the bigger emotions, some of them are uh, complex social relationships. Uh, how that complexity plays out in the classroom is that there will be even even same age peers that that have kind of uh, have arrived at different levels of social and emotional awareness, um, uh, even within themselves, but then also as they're interacting with peers. So then, where where school staff can best support them is having that kind of more personalized uh, awareness of where each student is at. And then kind of knowing how to support them or provide that almost social and emotional scaffolding, like, like knowing um, what skills they have arrived at in terms of social interactions, and self-regulation, and then providing them with the guidance to, to further develop in those areas. So we're chatting today with Brett Williams, child and youth counselor, used to work in the education classrooms and and now has, has stepped away. And part of the reason uh, I've seen you quote as saying, I left the profession due to the context in which I was forced to work and the impossibility of doing so given the resource scarcity. What do you mean by that? Uh, what I mean by that is that uh, I arrived at a point where, uh, despite years of trying to uh, be, be well organized and uh, strategic and innovative uh, with my availability within the schools, I essentially, in, in that last year, I had a caseload of 144 students. And those were spread across four different schools that I was assigned to. And that ended up resulting in my availability of providing about a half-hour session once a month for each student. And um, in, the, in the private counseling world and community counseling world, other uh, sectors that I've worked in, uh, we would typically average uh, at least one-hour session every two weeks. So that kind of provides that contrast of what uh, sufficient mental health supports can look like versus what uh, we, we're kind of making do with within the, the school sector. So the next line that I've seen uh, you in terms of a quote from you is, you could not maintain professional best practices nor ethical practice given the confines of the system. So, Brett, is that more about just that limited time that you had with each of your clients? That's right, yeah. And uh, it, it certainly uh, weighed heavily on me kind of through the, the, my last few years in the, in the school sector. Um, and so to kind of speak or to elaborate on that, um, just knowing that uh, often for these parents and caregivers of these students, they, uh, they provide their consent for, for school counselors to provide counseling and and that's kind of conveyed in a way to suggest that, that that's enough. Um, and then so the, the parents trust that uh, in, in the hands of the school counselor and the, the other supportive school staff that their, their children are getting what they need in terms of uh, mental health support and personal and social support. And it just, it just does not compute to actual sufficient service. Uh, it's more than just the individual session times with students. It's also having the availability to consult with their educators, to consult with other service providers, both within and outside of the schools. And um, it just that constant pressure of feeling rushed, uh, 
really undermined kind of a more thorough and even more like authentically connected approach to, to mental health services. Brett Williams, my guest this morning, has a master's in educational psychology and then did work as an elementary school counselor for about seven, eight years and then decided this is not working for me. I see all kinds of challenges within the education system. And so broke out now is doing, uh, well, you weren't being held captive when I say broke out, decided to go out on his own and now does work with child and youth counseling uh, in the province. So you, you've talked before about that foundational influence of the teacher student relationship, and you put a lot of focus on that. Why is that important? Uh, it, it is foundational. It is absolutely necessary for, for the student to experience that student teacher relationship as being, uh, personalized, as being authentic uh, and person centered. Uh, if that's not there, there's not a single um, like curricular or academic uh, like uh, approach, uh, pedagogy. There, there's no behavioral or social emotional interventions that, w- that will be able to make any type of traction if that if that safe, caring emotional connection is not there. That's my number one standout concern for the state of current education in Saskatchewan is that these teachers who entered the profession because their personhood, their individual values have uh, guided them towards supporting and working with kids, and they're not given the opportunity to establish that. And then with that out the window, everything else just mounts up as, as becoming more and more challenging. So, you know, I've talked with a lot of people over the last few weeks when it comes to education, and what we're hearing is, you know, there is no perfect class size or even ratio number, given the fact that you could have, and I'll just use this as an example, a class of 35 like-minded, high-achieving students that would be fine to have 35 in a class, whereas you could also have a class of 20 students with various different complexities and and level of of academic achievement, and that might hinder that ability that you have to spend one-on-one time. So how do you see this playing out, and and what might be a solution to this problem that you were just talking about? Uh, Whatever can move us along to... To, to reducing those ratios, to providing those opportunities for for school staff to connect with students in these very person-centered and authentic ways. Um, I, you know, in terms of what that ratio might look like, it's uh, absolutely pie in the sky thinking. But you know, one to four comes to mind. If you think of parenting, how much it takes for us to invest in our kids, um, you know, those ratios seem to make sense. Then you throw that into a school and. Uh, of course, I accept it's it's reasonable that we can't obtain that within a school system, but but that just having that in mind kind of shows how far off the mark we really are. Brett Williams, my guest this morning, child and youth counselor who spent many years working in schools as a school counselor. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I've got a few more things that I want to talk to you about, Brett, including the question on what has changed. What has changed from when Evan Bray went to school in elementary school to where we're at right now? Were, were the same challenges there, we just didn't understand them the same? Or, or have things changed dramatically in the lives of our children? That's what we'll talk about when we come back right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. 
We're talking teachers. We're talking education, which has been a pretty common theme over the last couple of weeks. Today, we're talking with Brett Williams, child and youth counselor who spent many years inside schools as an elementary school counselor from 2011 to 2018. He's got a master's in educational psychology. And just before the break, Brett, we were talking about complexities in classroom and, and trying to find that right balance so that there would be that teacher-student relationship and ratio that would maximize not only learning for students, uh, because obviously that's what they're there to do. The educational component is important, academics important. But you mentioned, though, socially and even from a personality standpoint, that teacher-student ratio being at a right point can really help young children develop. That's right, yeah. So when when we look at some of the complexities that we're talking about in the classroom, you had a bit of a unique lens on this. I talked with a couple of speech language pathologists a couple of weeks ago, and they said, you know, it, it's we bring a different and a unique perspective because while we were in the schools for many years, we weren't teachers, and so we got to observe that relationship. Tell me from your standpoint, what benefit do you have when you reflect back on our school, our education system, and how you're able to view it? Yeah, it's uh, it was so eye-opening for me to to be able to uh, both observe and participate in the day-to-day functionings of an elementary school. Uh, teachers are incredible. I can't uh, overstate that. Um, earlier, I alluded to. What, 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 what has brought these people into the teaching profession uh, have been those, those kind of personal values, uh, motivations, um, you know, investments to, to help kids. Uh, teachers are required to take a, uh, extensive post-secondary education, um, in-school training, and then have all these uh, professional registration requirements. And so they come to the education sector extremely well-prepared, to, to meet student needs. And so knowing that, that these requirements are in place uh, and for, for good reason, they're there, so we need to trust their voices and their observations. I, the, the amount of respect I have for them that they're able to, to, to juggle everything they do and still, still maintain that motivation, still come with enthusiasm to work each day, uh, it's you almost you really have to see it to believe it. So if anyone has the opportunity to spend time in schools who hasn't worked as an educator or school staff, um, it, it is you'll be blown away. So I, I carry that with me now. I've been out of that um, job for a while, uh, but uh, teachers have all my reverence in the world. So Brett, we've only got a couple of minutes left here, but I'm curious to know was was the current state of mental health with children? The, this same way in 1970 as it is today, because I feel like I grew up and went to school, elementary school through the seventies and into the early eighties. And you didn't hear about the need for an elementary school counselor, the same as you do today. What's changed? Uh, in some ways, everything has changed. And in other ways, nothing has changed. Uh, what hasn't changed are, are the needs of, of young people, the needs of students uh, in terms of, um, uh, guidance and, and connections uh, in terms of what they need socially and emotionally for themselves and different opportunities. What has changed is our, and that's the very big our, um, uh, us, us as adults, as, as parents, as educators, as society, we're less 
available, less um, aware in some ways to be able to uh, provide kids with what they need. That's no fault of our own. It's, it's, it is a bigger, unfortunate trend of, of increased uh, isolation uh, among individuals, among families. Uh, it's, I have to make sure I don't go on to my rant. I usually do. Uh, but, but recognizing when, when parents and teachers are stressed uh, and holding things together, it makes it that much more difficult to, to be everything we need to be for kids. This... Um, it, going way back to the, like the, the most essential foundational thing for good human development, good early childhood development, is maternal mental health, even while pregnant. Right. So if there are challenges and risks to, to those important times, yeah, you can see how there's a snowball effect that has contributed to, to increased challenges for kids. In the, in the last 30 seconds that we have, um, does access to information, uh, being bombarded with information, social media, online platforms, does that play into what our children are dealing with at all? It does, yeah. And, and again, that, it kind of uh, pulls their attention away from uh, what's immediately in front of them, uh, their own uh, uh, classmates at school, their own teachers, uh, their own family members. And so when there is that kind of uh, external focus, uh, they, they end up missing a lot of the stuff that can be so rich and fulfilling that's uh, available and right in front of them. Brett, this has been a really good talk. I appreciate you giving us some time this morning. I'm sure we'll uh, connect again in the future. Sure hope so. Thank you for your time. Brett Williams, child and youth counselor who spent many years working as an elementary school counselor, giving us another perspective and lens on some of the challenges we're seeing in education. When we come back, I want to open the phone lines up and uh, you and I can continue this conversation. What's different? about school today from when you went to school. In your opinion, what's changed? Lots has changed. And in that lots that's changed, bring the classroom complexities and the challenges that we're seeing in school. And so there's lots of finger pointing. There's lots of you know theories as to what would solve it and fix it. I want to know what you think. What is different about school today from when you went to school? one 332 8255. You and I discuss this when I come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this Monday morning. It's another nice day. And by the way, the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation has announced they've got a news conference planned for one o'clock today. They've got an announcement regarding job action. That tells me that these last few days where we haven't heard anything, maybe wasn't the optimistic me thought, well, maybe they're talking. Maybe the province has reached out or maybe they've been able to connect. But uh, this tells me likely not. So at 1 o'clock today, we will, of course, have that information for you as soon as it is made public of what their next step is regarding job action. And uh, in between time, we continue to talk about some of the challenges that we're seeing in our schools And I just had Brett Williams on, a child and youth counselor who spent many years in schools as an elementary school counselor. And I asked him the question, like, what is different? What has changed? You know, I'm not saying that there wasn't classroom complexity and challenges when I went to school or when you went to school, because they were there. There's no doubt they were there. But boy, I'll tell you, it seems to be getting worse. It seems as though these challenges are not diminishing, but actually expanding and even the the prevalence and need for a a number of elementary school counselors in our schools tells me that our children are dealing with different issues today and what's the cause of this 
And so that's what we're throwing out. What is different about school today from when you went to school? one 332 8255 I'm going to start with Heather in Moose Jaw. Thanks for calling in. What do you think is different today, Heather? Well, I think uh, what we had back in the 70s <laughs> uh, that uh, is missing today is respect. Uh, we respected our teachers, our parents respected the teachers, and I think that goes a long ways to make things different at school. We I grew up in small town Saskatchewan, and our principal was highly, almost like feared in a in a healthy manner, mm-hmm. and I think that really made a difference. Nobody wanted to be called into Mr. Haggerty's office, and uh, we all we all respected him, and and that uh, that kept things on the straight and narrow. Not perfect, yeah, of course. No, for sure. I, I feel like Heather. Do you think that's we could probably take what you just said and put it almost anywhere, whether it's oh, and I I agree. I, I say it about about policing as well. Right. Um. I I totally. I totally see it in policing. I, I, I see it at grocery stores. I see it in rest. Like I see it everywhere, right? Yeah. And um, at, you know, so it's much bigger, much bigger issue than just in schools. But um, people would disagree with me. But I, I think it, it stems back to the breakdown of the family, and not just a specific family. But I think that families don't have as much value placed on them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I really think it starts at home. Yeah. And there's lots of great families, lots of great parents, lots of great kids, but I think society, we have just lost respect. We don't respect each other, so we don't respect higher-ups or across the board. So I think Heather has started this conversation off beautifully. one uh, 332 8255 asking the question as we try you know, we try, you and I, every day, like we're at the bargaining table, we try to figure out how can we fix not just the teacher-labor dispute that's going on right now, but how can we fix education? And I think by talking about it, we are making steps in that direction. I truly think that. I want to go to Dennis and Kindersley. Thanks for calling in, Dennis. What are your thoughts? What's the difference about school today from when you went to school? Well, number one, I didn't have to worry about how my Twitter account was doing. Yeah. Number two, I didn't. I didn't have to. I didn't have the Young Offenders Act memorized like they all do now. And one of the biggest problems in school is is actually the parents, because the the media says, "Oh, the parents support the teachers." Well, if in fact you really did support the teachers, you wouldn't send your kid to school non prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when your kid enter, enters kindergarten, he should be actually ready to go into grade two. Work work uh, needs to be done at home is what you're saying, Dennis. Well, obviously. And then for, for these kids in school, they they don't have any ultimate consequence for their actions like we did when we were in school. Yeah. I, 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 I completely agree with you on the consequences part. I, I feared consequences at school, but I also feared consequences at home. And I so, think that's important. Right. But if, if the parents support, it truly supported the teachers, when you were in trouble as a kid in school, you got it back double at home. Now, when the kid's in trouble at school, the parents are giving the teachers heat. Mm-hmm. So are you truly in support of the teachers? Are you truly in support of the teachers if you send your kid to school and he can't tie his shoes, he can't do this, he can't do that, and you dump your kid off at the school and they go, teach my kid. Well, the kids should be ready for school when the kid goes to school. 
one 332 8255 Dennis, appreciate the call. We're looking for you to weigh in on what the difference is about school today from when we went to school. Because there are differences. Kids are dealing with different problems. It's James in Saskatoon, Texan, says the problem with education is the infiltration of social justice warriors to the teaching profession. And everything becomes a problem as opposed to a challenge that needs to be overcome. Robin Regina texts in as well from listening to what's being said. It sounds like a number of issues that used to be the responsibility of parents and other community resources have become the responsibility of the education system. I'm not sure if this is because parents are making it the teacher's issue or if teachers are making it their issue. Good point. Either way, student behavior and psychological issues should be not be the responsibility of teachers or the education system to deal with. I think we're, we're probably hearing a lot of people saying the same things. You know, I think Rob's point is very interesting. Very interesting. This one part where he says, is it because parents are making it the teacher's issue or are teachers making it their issue? Now, the, the, the reason that I highlight that is I think often in policing, we were accused of taking on issues that weren't ours to take on. And the reason we would take them on is because nobody else was doing it, right? So, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to sidestep teaching and education for a second to say, look at someone who's in mental distress in the community. Often police were called and, and people then would complain, why are police going to these calls? Someone else should be doing this. In the absence of someone else doing it, it's tough for the police to put their hands up and say, well, then I'm not going to, right? Because if, if, if the police didn't, then who would? So if we now put this into the education system, maybe there's something here. Maybe Rob's point is well taken is the teachers are seeing a void. It may be a void that, you know, a lack of, of parental oversight is, is causing. Maybe it's a void in the breakdown of the family unit, which some people have said, even the best families are busy. We have both mom and dad at work or a single parent family where there isn't as much focus on family time. Maybe that breakdown is making a difference. Maybe social media is making a difference. And so maybe teachers are stepping into and taking on problems that aren't theirs to take on. But it's tough to step back and say, sorry. Not mine. All right, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Dana in Saskatoon. What is the difference from when I went to school and when my daughter went to school? Number one, kids were either held back or moved ahead. Number two, parents supported the teachers. Now it's never their kids' fault. Number three, when they started integrating special needs children, when my daughter was in school, there were not enough teachers' age aides to help, and. Number four, classroom sizes were approximately 20 kids. So a a lot of things that have potentially changed over time and all maybe weigh into some of the challenges that we're seeing today. 1-877-332-8255. This is your opportunity to weigh in. What is the difference about school today from when you went to school? What do you see the difference being and how do we fix it? Your thoughts, your calls when we continue this discussion right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, thanks for joining in on the conversation today. It's been great. one 332 8255 We're talking about what has changed. What's different about school today from when you went to school? 
because we're hearing about classroom complexities. We're hearing about the size of classrooms. We're hearing about violence in classrooms. I can tell you, I remember a couple of things that happened when I went to school. I don't think any of them were necessarily violence towards the teacher, right? We'd have a fight on the playground at the recess time or a fight in the hallway, or maybe a kid lip off a teacher and then you wouldn't see them for a couple of days, right? Remember that. That happened. But clearly it's different now. Clearly it is not the same. And I want to know why. I want to know why you think that is. What is different about school today from when we went to school? one 332 8255 Lots of people still weighing in on this and uh, wanting to be able to give us their opinions. The text line has been going crazy, and we're definitely seeing a theme on the text line when it comes to parents. Debbie in Crooked Lake said, what's different in schools today? Parents. They don't teach their children about respect and work ethic. If we got into trouble at school in the 60s and 70s, we would have got into the same trouble at home. That's what we were just talking about. Parents need to support teachers and not undermine them. Interesting. A lot of people are weighing in saying parents have a role to play in this. And, of course, many of us are parents. And so I think we have to take a bit of a look inside of ourselves, inside of our family structure, and recognize so this is an interesting article, and and I, the phone lines are open, text lines are still coming in, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'd love to know what your thoughts are about what is different about school today from when we went to school. I want to I want to read this. So this article, which is talking about what parents should be bringing with their children, essentially, How, you know, you're not just sending your your child to school with a pencil case, some pencil crayons and a couple of notebooks. You should be sending uh, them with a few other things. If you disagree, feel free to let me know. At home, your child should learn good morning, good afternoon, good evening, please, sorry, forgive me, thank you, I was wrong. At home, your child should learn to be honest, be punctual, not to insult, be polite, to respect everyone. At home, your child should learn not to talk with their mouth full, have good personal hygiene, don't throw litter on the ground, help parents with chores, don't take what doesn't belong to you, be content with what you have, work honestly to earn a good living, dress modestly. At home, students should learn to take care of their belongings, respect the rules at home. And at school, teachers should teach math. English, science, what do you think? I mean, that sounds pretty foundational, pretty foundational. Someone sent me that over the weekend, and uh, I think there's something there. I think there's something there. And, you know, I think back to when I was raising my children, who have now graduated and moved on from school, but, you know, I didn't have that checklist in front of me. But I think those are all points that, as parents, we should have a significant role in terms of of setting our children up for success, not just in school, but in life. Those are foundational life skills. What do you think? one 332 8255 Let's go to Jack in Lemberg. What do you think is different about school today, Jack, from when we went? Oh, 
everything pretty much. Uh, there was no cell phones. We had respect for our teachers, our respect for our parents. Um, you know, they were talking class size when I went to school in the late 50s and early 60s. We had, my class had 35 students in it all the way through to grade 12. That's a big class. It's a big class. We had uh, teachers that had time to come out at noon hour when you were in grade 7, grade 8, play softball with you. Um, today they don't seem to have that time. Time. Um, I don't know what the problem is there. Maybe what the government gives them a whole bunch of paperwork. But we all got along. Uh, you always had your incidents, but you respect your teacher. And if you didn't, boy, when you got home, mm-hmm. you learned respect. For sure. Well, I appreciate you weighing in, Jack. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. The question is, what is different about school today from when we went to school? Curtis in Saskatoon joins me now. Curtis, what do you think? Well, uh, like I said, I'm thinking uh, the strap is gone. (laughs) Hey, Curtis, I'm going to warn you right now. When I started talking on the air one day about maybe we need to fail children, people said, well, next thing you're going to want to bring back is the strap. I never lived in a time when the strap was a thing in school. Uh, Uh, Well, you seem to be doing okay today. (laughs) I'm saying uh, I'm old-fashioned. I'm I'm 60 years old now, uh, born in Camsack. And, uh, you know, like I said, even at home, if I did something wrong, mom had the wooden spoon or uh, dad had the leather belt. And and that corrected me. And I knew not to do anything like that again. It, it, it comes down. So even if even if we even if we step back from, you know, the strap or the wooden spoon, I mean, it came down to that respect that was there. And I think that's the common theme we're hearing from people. The respect that was there for teachers the respect that was there for our parents, right? I I mean, I, my dad never laid a finger on me, never once. I never, my dad never spanked me. I was a full-grown adult, and I was still scared of my dad. <laughs> There's, you know, scared, meaning, you know, I respected him, but I also, I wanted to ensure that I was in line with the things that, he would expect me to be in line with. And so that respect is that part of what's missing now, according to all the calls we got, and we're not going to be able to get to, to any more. Sadly, we've, we've run to the end of our time here, but we will be talking about this more. We will open up the phone lines. In fact, tomorrow we've got a full hour of open lines. So tomorrow we will be talking about a variety of different things. I know education. I guarantee education will be part of the discussion tomorrow. So those that we didn't get to, and even those texts we didn't get to, tomorrow will be your opportunity to weigh in on this challenge that we see before us in terms of education. Every Monday, 10 o'clock, Roundtable of Justice. I always look forward to it. I've got a couple of guests that will be joining me shortly to talk about an often not spoken about part of our justice system. In fact, it remains anonymous for a reason. We'll talk about that next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.